want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide, Six Steps to Infuse Storytelling into Your Live Videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Rachel Duffy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I love how you sang back to me. Most people don't do that. I love that you did. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You're a good friend. You are an amazing human. And you're an impeccable parent. And I know this because I spent time with you and your children. You know, there are a lot of people that say they're experts in parenting or childhood rearing experts or parenting coaches. But you're the real deal. And I want, before any before we go any further, for everyone to know that, that your, your kids are incredible. And it's a testament to you, your husband, and all the work that you've done on yourself. Z. Yourselves. Z. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you. And it's not. Meaning, first of all, I am not a parenting expert. I may be the expert in my family because I know my children. Anyone who is in the audience right now and has children, you are the parenting expert in your family. Oh, I love that. Not to take away from the work that parenting coaches and mentors can do for your family, but you are the expert of your family. And when I work with people, the way I see my job is to help them access that wisdom within them because I don't know your kids better than you do and with regards to my own children who I thank you for the kind words they are amazing and I will say they are like that despite us (laughs) (laughs) when they came out I realized okay my one and only job is not to screw this up because they already came complete They came perfect. They came beautiful. And all I need to do is not mess that up as much as possible. Yeah, to get out of the way as much as possible so they can know who they are and not have to remember who they are the way that we've had to remember who we are. Amen to that. Yeah, but that's easier said than done. Because we had the, (laughs) we had all those blocks, obstacles, traumas put into our way, you know, over time, we built them from our childhood and you're going to have, you know, triggers and responses to your own children, your own relationships, regardless if you have children or not. Children children are one of the relationships that this happens in. But how do you use parenting then as this sort of vehicle or your own personal awakening so that you don't screw up your children, you know? <laughs> yes, I love this question. 
I want to say one thing about blocks and I want to say one thing about parenting. Even if you are listening to this podcast right now and you are not a parent and you're thinking, oh, I can just check off this one. I don't need to listen because I'm not a parent. You got another thing coming to you because we are all parenting ourselves now. Oh, that's good. So when we talk about parenting, we are, yes, we're talking about people who have actual children they are raising and we are mostly talking about raising ourselves because before you can dare to raise another human you must have raised yourself first so in our work and in my work the focus is mainly on that and this is why i say parenting is a vehicle for your growth because children will very quickly bring you to your knees i don't care how smart how high achieving, how high performing, how productive, effective, how many accolades you have recruited and collected in your life, your children will bring you to your knees faster than anything. So we can use this as a portal into ourselves, as a portal for us to see ourselves, to reparent ourselves, to give ourselves all the things we did not receive in our childhood that we needed not because we had, are we allowed to say bad words here? Oh yeah, we say, we, we, we swear here, you're good. Not because we had shitty parents, some of us did, but mostly because this is how we grew up with whatever traumas we internalized, whatever blocks, as you said, we have in our path. We have an opportunity to look at those and reconcile them, integrate them, work through them, connect with them. Because here's the thing about blocks. We think they are out there. Mm -hmm. My children, my spouse, my business, my friends, all the people who are doing us wrong, all the things that are missing in our lives. And what I want to tell you is none of your blocks are on the outside. They are all internal. And when we can point the light within ourselves to shine on all the crevices of the shadows within ourselves that is how we dissolve those blocks yeah that is so dead on and so powerful because nobody got away unscathed from their childhood and so consequently we all have to parent ourselves in the way that we want to be parented but rather than pointing the finger outward if you can turn inward and look at those internal stories that you've created. We talk a lot about, about a lot about it in terms of story in my community, of it being the stories that you tell yourself or that have been told to you that you then accept about yourself. And when you can tell the story and tell the story and tell the story until you no longer need the story, mm. right? that, it, that it cycles out. And it's important to share your story and tell it, but at a certain point, it no longer serves you. Yes. Can I say something about story? Absolutely. Because I think it's a brilliant point. And what I want to say about that is two things. Number one, you've created the stories about who you are, what your place is in the world, what your value is, what your worth is. You created those stories at a time in your life when your brain was only half-baked. Mm. Between zero and two, you probably barely had words at all let alone 
maturity, life experience, perspective. You didn't have any of those things. And yet that is when you created the stories because you took together pieces of information. You tried somehow to make sense of it. Your brain tried to understand, okay, this information is clearly important to my survival. So what does this mean about how I need to show up in the world in order to survive? Because that is the function of your brain to ensure you survive, right? That's what we're here for. So with that in mind, as you bring to light your story, and yes, you should speak it, speak it in a room where there is a coach or a mentor who can reflect back the story and that gives you the opportunity to challenge it and examine it. Not to say these things didn't happen. Yes, facts occurred, things happened, words were said, behaviors, actions, things happened in your life. So not from a place of denying or dismissing what happened, rather from a place of examining the truth to that story that is in the past, that already happened. And from the place of what is going to be my new story? What is my story now in this moment? Not from 50 years ago for some of us. (laughs) Who's who's counting? Just a random example. I don't know. (laughs) But you see from that, that ability, that is really the sacred work, I think of a coach and a mentor is to allow you to look at your story so you you can challenge it. Yeah, I, I like to think of it as backing up the camera lens. Yeah. You know, we're at a close-up. In our own story, we're in the close-up at all times. And we can't really back it up. So when we back up the camera and we pull it to a wide shot, that's when we can really see the totality of it. And by having that reflection that camera is the reflection having the coach be that camera for you of being able to pull the lens back then you can really see the picture in a new way or in a way that's maybe more whole yes and you can now as an adult and you know all of us listening right now we're all adults and our parents were our flawed and they had limitations and they didn't give us everything we needed in the way that we needed it. And there is beauty in them. Mm-hmm. There is beauty in these humans who are flawed and have done their own best in the face of their trauma, their blocks, their hurts. Yeah. And when we can see our parents in their humanity and then release them, release them from the need to be the parent we needed them to be. And they weren't, they simply weren't that acceptance of this is how they showed up. This is what they gave me that I needed. And this is what they gave me that I didn't need. And now for you to become your own parent, forget the little kids for a moment. You be your own mother. You be your own father. You be your own brother and sister. You be your own friend. Mm. and raise yourself. I've thought about this a lot because my parents are wonderful, of course. They're wonderful people. I'd want that to be very clear before I say the rest of this. But they, there was a lot that they didn't give me that I needed right. as, a, as, a, as a child. The attention, the care, the being seen, being heard at times. You know, those core sort of 
feelings that we that we the, that we have that, that those desires those needs those wants and yet they were they provided a beautiful home and a space and you know all of those things that that's that, that I want to be said but I realized you know as I've gotten older my mother was 19 when she had me she didn't know who the hell she was let alone who I was or what I needed. She didn't even know or understand her own needs. She hadn't healed from her trauma, from her childhood, from when her father died when she was 12, from et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when I was able to find that, again, pulling back that camera, when I was able to see that, suddenly the compassion in me shifted. And when I became more compassionate, I was able to forgive And through that, move through it a bit. But it's work. It's work because that compassion, first of all, is key. Compassion is key when we talk about healing and evolution for us as humans. Compassion is key, but we cannot extend compassion to another more than we have extended it to ourselves. Yeah. So when we talk about opening up compassion for the people in our lives, for our caregivers, our parents, for our spouses, for our own children even, who may trigger us, who may not give us what we deserve, not just what we want, but what we deserve, that compassion cannot truly exist unless we have first felt it within ourselves, towards ourselves, for the ways in which we show up that's that we don't like the ways in which we are not that perfect the ways in which we don't give the people we love what they need and what they deserve yeah rachel you mean i'm not perfect you are um, you know no, not, not you you're perfect but everyone else everyone else right everyone you know when you were talking when you were saying that honestly i felt a deep almost in my heart space, I felt this beautiful warming. So thank you for that. It was so beautifully and eloquently said that I actually felt it. Mm. I felt that. And that, that's, that's everything, right? When you, I felt my own heart softening as you, as you said that. And it's a process healing, right? Like it's a true process. It's not a one and done (laughs) as much as we'd like it to be. Yeah, I have people ask me, when am I going to be healed? Yeah. And I know when you're going to be healed, when you're dead. That is when the work is done. Yeah. That is when you have reached the point of no return. Sorry for whatever is in the afterlife. You could believe whatever you want. But in this life, that is the point of no return. And so until you have reached that point and taken your very last breath, you are still healing. Yeah, I like to think of it as an onion. Mm. Right? We're peeling back these layers of the onion. And as we're peeling them, sometimes they make you cry. And sometimes it stinks, like an onion stinks, right? Sometimes it's just, but sometimes it's very sweet, right? Because there's sweetness at the at the center of the onion. And it's never ending, the onion, the layers, the layers, the layers. Right. And I know people listening may be thinking okay great but i've had enough Mm. like when do you know when to when it's time to stop going back let's say to a trauma or a trigger or a you know 
when's, when's enough's enough? Yeah. So let's start by saying that's on you. Nobody can tell you how far to go, how deep to go, when to stop, when to move on. You have to be very attuned to yourself. So are there periods where you are in a reflective mode and not very actively looking at things and doing work? Of course, there has to be time for being. There has to be time for truly integrating the things you already know. And really, if you ask me, it's not about learning more, seeking more. The true wisdom is in being in the unknown, being in the not knowing, not knowing how I'm going to heal it, not knowing what is that block about, not knowing why this happened to me, why I internalized it this way. It's okay not to know. The universe, look, you know, you, you talked about about um, zooming out and, and kind of leaning back the camera, looking at a bigger picture. Look at the universe. It is randomly chaotic. And at the same time, it has an infinitely higher order. And we are like that too. And it's okay for the universe to be in the unknown. And so it is okay for us to be in the unknown. You don't have to constantly seek more. It's okay, and it's incredibly uncomfortable. So it's this this idea of learning to sit in your uncomfortability. Yes. Which really... There's there's an assumption that it needs to be comfortable, that it needs to be another way. But if you can think of it from the perspective of, this is how it is right now. It is uncomfortable. It is painful. I don't know the answer. And it doesn't need to be any other way. I can be powerful. I can be grounded. I can be okay in this moment because in this moment, I have breath. Yeah, and there are tools like breath work to really regulate your system while you're in this uncomfortable emotional being, right? It's the nervous system, ultimately, that we're talking about here, right? About regulating the nervous system. What kind of tools or what do you do to move out of the dysregulated state and into a more regulated state of being? We have to remember and kind of know that the nervous system is really what creates our reality. So the way we perceive the things that happen to us, the meanings we make of it are determined by our nervous system. And without getting too brain sciency into it, the outside world communicates to our nervous system. And then our nervous system deploys a certain set of processes that ultimately result in us feeling something physically, emotionally, both, and perhaps taking action. But the opposite is also true, meaning that we can intentionally communicate back to our nervous system when we sense, oh, my nervous system got turned the alarm bell on, but there's really no reason for it right now. Let me turn it off. Let me decrease the level of alertness, the hypervigilance that isn't necessary in this moment. So how do we do that? First of all, let me say that every person will 
implement this in a different way because our bodies are unique. So we each have to find what that is for us. Having said that, there are three major kind of pathways to talk to your nervous system, if you will. One of them is through your body, physically through your body. So breath work is how I personally do that in my body. But for somebody else, it could be a different thing. And when I work with people, like we really dive deep into what are the ways you can work with your body in order to send signals of regulation back to your nervous system. So one way would be physically through your body. Another way would be within a relationship. Because humans, like all mammals, we co-regulate, meaning we quote unquote catch one another's nervous system states. So if you and I are in a room as we are now, and I am highly dysregulated, you will catch that mm. from me and vice versa. Yeah, I have to tell you just this morning, I was in the kitchen and I was like grabbing things and coffee. And I was like, and my, my husband, Michael says, breathe, you teach breath work, breathe. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. I didn't even realize. And that's yes. this morning that I was in this like hyper vigilant state you know, running around before my first meeting. And he, you know, was catching he felt it. it. He, he felt, felt it. it. And he right. was beginning to feel it within himself because, you know, of course, it's slightly empathic, right? So he was beginning to take it on. And he was like, okay. No, thanks. No, thanks. Let's breathe together. Shall we, teacher? Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that example, first of all. I love your husband. And... These are the best people to have in your family, the ones that call you out. My children call me out all the time, all the time. And every time they do, I say, thank goodness. Thank goodness someone was there to call me out before I spiraled in my own round room in my head, right? So, okay, so we said work with your body. We said work with a relationship. And lastly, there is your environment your environment. So for me, I can share, I know that when my, when I have clutter in my environment, it dysregulates me. I need to quote unquote Marie Kondo my space in order to regulate myself. It, it clears up space in my head when my, when where I live is tidy and not cluttered. There's another thing when I work with my own body, this is again, because I've discovered this about myself. I'm very sensitive to scent. Mm. Scent can regulate or dysregulate me. So I will often work with a scented candle in my office. There you go. Same. And I just pulled up my scented candle to show her on the video. <laughs> exactly. Because it regulates me. So these are little things you have to discover about yourself. What, what speaks to me? What, you know, for one, for some person, it's going to be noise. Noise is going to be regulating or dysregulating, right? You, you have to know yourself and figure out what are these levers that I can pull in, in wherever I am right now in order to communicate something to my nervous system. So you use all of these tools and you work on the self first and foremost, obviously. And everyone says, okay, now I'm going to have kids. 
And as you said, it brings you to your knees. Yeah. What do you do when your kid starts screaming and yelling and has a tantrum in the middle of the mall or the grocery store? You know, what, how do you use all of these tools and these techniques when that happens? Yeah. So the wise parent, A, be appreciative of the opportunity when something like this happens. It's an opportunity to practice in real time all the theory. So step one, we recognize what is happening. Am I freaking out? Am I super stressed right now that my child is having a meltdown? If so, I have to tend to myself first because like we said, the, the state of your nervous system is contagious. So you wanna help your child calm down, you have to be very regulated. So if I'm not, there's some work for me to do there to mm. get myself regulated in the heat of the moment. So let's say I did that work, okay? And let's say I am regulated. I'm not freaking out. I am very grounded and centered in the midst of this blow up that my child is having in the mall. Now I have to ask, okay, what is going on for my child and how do I support them through this? There's some basic stuff there. Is my kid overtired, over hungry, overstimulated? Depending on the age of your child, right? These things come up a lot in young children, but even when older children are freaking out and melting down, you have to first address some of the basics. And if none of that is happening, we have an opportunity to look a little bit deeper into it, right? Because beyond those basic needs that we all have and will totally dysregulate you, right? I'm the first one to admit when I'm tired, you don't want to be near me. Yeah. You don't want to be near me. I do not deal with lack of sleep well. I dysregulate in a, an ugly way. <laughs> I hear that. So once all of those bases have been covered, what does my child need? What kind of emotion, what kind of experience is my child trying unsuccessfully to communicate? Mm. What skills are they lacking? And how do I help them build those skills so that next time this comes up, they can express themselves in a way that's healthy, in a way that is not, you know, unsafe physically for anyone, including themselves, in a way that allows them to be truly seen, heard, and known by me as their parent, because that is truly what they want. You know, as I'm hearing you say this, I am not a parent. Obviously, I'm a godparent, but not a parent, which is a very different thing. You know, I, I get to experience it and say, see ya, <laughs> see you later. Great having you, come back again. But hearing you say this, it doesn't matter if it's kid or not. It's any relationship. I mean, all these tools and these skills and these thoughts and these ideas that you're sharing with us is every relationship and especially the self because even with my partner he's gonna have a meltdown every now and again right. am i dysregulated because of his meltdown like this morning he wasn't because of mine he right. actually was the one who took he was the adult he was the adult in the room right parented me this morning and of course it flips we flip no, that's partnership. That's partnership. And with your kids, as, as I was hearing this, it was like, it's a partnership. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, 
I mean, no, it's not in the sense that, of course, you're, you know, of course, you're the adult. You are the responsible adult. Also, the onus is on you to do all of this work, as opposed to in a partnership between adults, it's a 50-50. It's 100%, 100% responsibility and accountability for the relationship. But when it's parent and child, the children are are absolved of the accountability factor. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so exactly. so it is a little bit different, but when you can and I do look at every relationship in my life from a spiritual perspective too. Mm-hmm. Spirit to spirit, we're equals. It doesn't matter how old we are. And in that sense, my children at age zero, at age 10, and when they are one day 50 years old, will still need the same things because all humans need to be seen all humans need connection all humans need to know that they matter and they are worthy so this isn't about children need this from their parents every human needs this yeah so even in your adult relationships there is opportunity there for you to grow and use the use i say that not in a manipulative way but take advantage of the fact that you're in a relationship in order to learn more about you in yeah. order to know yourself better. And that's what I really meant is spiritual partnership. hundred percent. That that's the, the, that they're, they're here to teach you and you are here to teach them. It's not a one way and that it, and it is that way with every relationship. That's why we're here, right? We're here to grow, learn, evolve the soul and it happens in these partnerships and these relationships, the relationship with our body, the relationship with each other, the relationship with the environment, the universe. Right, right, 100%. And, you know, when it comes to parents, I think we all intuitively, we know that that's what we want. We want this deep connection. We want this evolution. We want to set our children up with healthy emotional, you know, skills and perhaps skills that we didn't have growing up. But there are some things that kind of get in the way for most parents. And that's the things that we've been talking about. It's the, my kids don't listen unless I yell. Or I'm doing the work, but it isn't working, right? I'm, I know the theory about breaking cycles or you know, un, you know, healing your trauma, but then I'm unable to actually break cycles in the moment. Or the fact that it feels very isolating. Parenting is a very interesting experience in that it's common. There's tons of parents out there, yet it feels like you're all alone. It -hmm. feels like nobody understands you. It feels like you're doing it by yourself. And even if you have a partner, many parents still experience parenthood in isolation. So these things get in the way of us finding the gold in this relationship. And that is, I would say, that is really what I help parents do so that they can raise children who, like you said in the beginning, don't need to work so hard to remember who they are because they never lost it to begin with. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. So anything that would make this conversation feel whole, complete, final. I'm leaving the last word, believe it or not, I'm going to leave the last word to you. (laughs) Because otherwise we'll just keep talking forever. (laughs) 
What, you mean the listeners don't want to listen to us talking for six hours? Because <laughs> that's what usually happens. I would say whether or not you're a parent, whether or not you are on your own healing journey, wherever you are in the trajectory of your life, know that there is opportunity for you to know yourself on a deeper level, to be more comfortable in your own skin to have more energy, to live more fully, to feel on a deeper level. And whatever that means for you, wherever you are in your life, go do, go do that thing. Mm. Go find the way, go find the mentor, find the coach, find the supportive environment that will allow you to go deeper into yourself. That's a beautiful message. Great wisdom, of course. Where can people find you to hear more of this wisdom and for the parents out there to work with you? So come hang with me on Instagram at Rachel Duffy here. And uh, I'm also on TikTok at Rachel Duffy here. And I also have a podcast called the Unscrew You Podcast, which yours truly was a guest on and he I was it, was it was another fun time of chatting <laughs> yes so come hang with me on one of those platforms dm me let me know that you're there just say hi and i would be honored to have you in my community beautiful i'm honored to have you as a dear friend confidant neighbor basically which is super cool and to have you as a guest thank you once again if you enjoyed today's podcast, and I know that you did because Rachel was so amazing, please DM her and me your big takeaway from today, and we'll see you on the next episode.